What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Bros and Consoles Podcast, episode 52. Uh, actually, this is a strange kind of thing that's going on here. Um, so, a little bit of inside baseball um, for you guys who are listening to the podcast. The previous episode 52 was recorded on... Actually, what's today? Today is the 3rd of December, Tuesday. Weird day, because I actually have a random Tuesday off. Uh, but we actually recorded the original episode on the 1st, uh, which was Sunday, when it uh, was uploaded and everything. And I say we, uh, my partner, Michael Michael Ponerero, um, and I recorded the episode um, over at our, you know, like, makeshift recording studio area. Um parentheses it's it's my school but um we went and recorded the episode just like normal um well i say normal the only thing that was abnormal was actually going to a different spot than we normally record at but um recorded the episode and kind of did a special episode because there was not too much news going on did a uh, recap of eh, recap for like our own nostalgia um new information for for people listening most likely but um did a recap on the top 20 most uh, cherished games from our childhood and kind of said it so it was like, you know, anything we had played before we had finished high school, basically. Um, and went through all that. Ended up being a super long episode. Um, didn't even get to our second list that we had planned. And so I won't even mention it now because it didn't happen then in case the episode does ever like p- decide to pop up magically. Um, but yeah, we recorded that episode, ended up being super long, went about like three hours and 20 minutes or so, um, went home, uploaded it, did all the things that I normally do, and then checked, um, actually checked yesterday and was surprised, I was like, oh, the episode doesn't seem like it's popping up, I don't, I don't know what's going on, um, and then tried again today to see what was, if it was, you know, appearing and whatnot for you guys, and figured out that, yeah, it just seems like the episode is just not uploading for some reason. Tried to upload it again, and no dice. Uh, still the same kind of problem. It seems like the upload goes through, and then when I try to check the um, different like services that you should be able to access it on, it just acts like it doesn't exist, um, which is very strange. First time this has ever happened. Um, not entirely sure if it's just because it was a larger file, Um According to the, so we use uh, Anchor for people who are, are aware. Um, Anchor ends up distributing the podcast everywhere that it ends up going. And the website talks about it has a 250 megabytes um, file size limit kind of thing. Um, surprisingly, we're below that file size limit, so I'm not quite sure what the, the hiccup is in the background there. But needless to say, that episode appears to be at this moment um, a lost episode. It's just kind of lost in the wind, basically. Lost in the the giant network that is the internet. And yeah, maybe it's maybe it exists in there somewhere out there in the ether, you know. But as it is currently, we don't know where it is. So I decided I'm just gonna have to go in, make a solo episode. Michael is hard at work right now making that coffee. So, yeah, you guys have me, Nathan Choquette, here for, yeah, the a little shorter episode. Um, there's no way I'll be able to do a long episode like that. Um, and, you know, it would be difficult to go through and 
do the exact same kind of thing that we did previously. So let's just change things up a little bit and start off with segment one, what are you playing? Now, well, that's actually funny. We actually reached that segment around the same amount of time that it took for the first time. Um, but this past week, got to play um, a few games. Not not a whole lot. Uh, it was the holiday season, um, not the Christmas season yet, but we're getting close to that now. Um, but because it was Thanksgiving, uh, spending a lot more time with people, uh, especially like my wife and family and things like that. Um, I should say my, my wife's family. Uh, my family's still back in Hawaii, so shout-outs to them. Hi, Mom and Dad, if you guys are listening, which you possibly are, actually. Um, otherwise, though, and my brother. My brother's over there, too. Uh, otherwise, though, I played a little bit more of Pokemon Shield. So, as you guys know, we've been playing that quite a bit. Um, Michael has already finished the game. He's gone through it. I know he said that he was still playing it. I'm not quite sure what he's still doing when he's playing it. Um, I'm curious. Maybe he's trying to go out and be a Pokemon master, catch all those Pokemon. Um, but I don't think that's what he's doing. I think he said that he was doing some uh, battles. Like he did some like online battles with uh, like his sister because she has uh, Pokemon Shield as well. Uh, Michael did the, the sword version, so they, they did some of that. And I think he was saying he's pretty much enjoying all that. Um, but for me, I'm still making my way through the game. I now have two badges. Um, I think I'm like a little over 23 hours into the game, which is crazy. I don't think it's ever taken me this long to get like only two badges um, in a Pokemon game. Um, but I have taken a long time on Pokemon games in the past, I think, um, in just kind of overall playtime, not necessarily like taking this long just for the badges themselves. Because that's the thing, too, is like Pokemon Shield and Pokemon Sword, they're not hard games. Um, but I think the way that I'm playing it is extending the amount of time that I spend in the world, which, you know, is fine for me. Um, I just I want to go out and be the very best. You know, I want to catch all the Pokemon and train them all up at the same time also. So I don't just have like, I don't know, like a level nine Vanillite in my in my Pokemon box and whatnot. I want to have everybody be, you know regular levels so that if I want to, I can always switch out between the different uh, creatures that I catch. Uh, but yeah, so I've been playing a little bit more of that. Finally finished the second gym, which was fun. I do really enjoy the gym battles in this new game. I know we've talked about that a little bit so far, but yeah, I think that's one of the most fun improvements that I've seen in this game is the, you know, the, the act of going through a gym. Um, it's way more engaging than it was previously. Uh, the second gym, the water gym for my game, has a interesting kind of uh, water pipes puzzle you have to solve. So you have to run around, turn on and off certain um, pipes so that you can progress through. And then along the way, you fight a few other like uh, gym trainers and then eventually make it through and fight the gym leader, Nessa, which was real fun. Um, but yeah, played, played some more of that, played some more of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which is a mouthful to say all at once, but, um, the game's pretty fun so far. I've only played a few more hours, um, I'm maybe five or six hours in now, um, finished the, obviously I finished the, the prologue area the last time we, we talked about it. Um, I have now finished the first planet that, yeah, actually, yeah, I, yeah, we finished the prologue area, and then I finished the um, first planet that I got to choose where I wanted to go. So you can choose kind of like one of two places. Um, I decided to go to one that was kind of leaning towards more like of the um, ancient lore within the game. 
So went over there, found my first force power, which was real fun. So now I can use the force push on walls and objects. Um, I enjoy how the game is kind of opening things up in terms of giving me more options for exploration. Um, the only downside is that I finished the, the what they call the Jedi Temple in that world. Um, got the force push power and then... I'm so used to, I guess, games where you you get like the main objective and then you know you're you're whisked away to like the next cutscene that brings you back to the ship kind of thing and and progresses towards the next story beat. Um, but in this one, you actually have to travel all the way back. Um, part of it, I understand, they want you to use your your new powers to explore a little bit more. But part of me was also like, oh man, I'm a little tired now. I want to kind of just like rest a bit. So, um, yeah, I'm sounding, I sound like an old person, um, but you know, old, old at heart, old soul. Um, yeah, so I played a little bit more of that. I got the end of that power or got, got to the end of that temple, got the power and then was like, you know, I can put this down for now. I'm fine with that. Um, then more recently played a little bit of Mega Man Legends 2 and I say a little bit because I didn't even really get to play at all. Um, I booted it up because I have the uh, it's the PS1 Classic on the PS3 system. Uh, I also have the was it the actual like disc itself, but that's kind of just more of a nice thing to have at this point. Um, I ended up playing or starting it up, uh, went through and watched the opening cutscene. And man, I forgot how long the opening cutscene was. Um, as a kid, I never really thought about it. But since I've been doing this thing uh, this year of timing myself as I play games, uh, just for my own personal you know, uh, information, wanted to see how long it takes me to, not it takes me, but how long I end up playing on different systems to kind of see where I spend the bulk of my time as well as just figure out how much time in a year I actually spend um, doing these things, you know. Um, but I was timing things and realized that the opening cutscene was roughly like 10 minutes long, which is pretty pretty insane for a game, like any game that you see nowadays, very small cutscenes, especially like beginning of the game kind of stuff. And this was, when I say beginning, I mean like before you even press start on the um, opening title screen. So interesting kind of choice there. The opening scene, though, is very, especially for like an older game, right, a PS1 game, very engaging. So a lot of things going on there. You meet a lot of characters. They kind of progress the story slowly and then throw in some, you know, surprises that you're not expecting, um, surprise characters and adds to the mystery of the game as a whole and kind of gives you the premise of where things are going and where you're going to be going. So I really like that about the the opening there. Then I got to a little bit more of the actual opening when you start up the game. And then I was like, okay, no, it's it's close to 12 o'clock at night. I got to go to sleep because I'm tired. Uh, story of my life lately. But I went through that a little bit. And I'll just talk a little bit about a game that I just played uh, only moments ago, actually. Uh, called Evolution Worlds on the GameCube system. So I've got my Wii set up in... Wow, it feels weird to say. I've got my Nintendo Wii set up in the bedroom right now, and I've been using that to play GameCube games. I did bring my GameCube back from Hawaii the last time I visited, and while it was working over there uh, for a brief period of time, uh, it seemed like it was going to be fine, and then I brought it back to Oregon, and tried to boot it up and all of a sudden the system didn't want to read any of my games 
but they were readable on the Wii, which just means that the GameCube is now the one that's that's crapping out, unfortunately. So it's sad to it's sad to see it go. I'll still keep it around just for nostalgia purposes, but yeah, luckily I've got the Wii that I can use to play the GameCube games as well. Evolution Worlds itself uh, didn't even realize it was. It looks like it was published by uh, Ubisoft way back in the day because this is a pretty old game. Um, but I was playing some of that. Started a new file. Uh, it was nice to see that they still had my old save files on my memory card for the GameCube. And so I was looking back and realized the last time I played this was in 2004, so about like 15 years ago, which is crazy to think about. Um, and then I think the time before that, it was the year 2000. So, man, it's a, it's very old, if you can tell. Uh, going through the game, though, it's it's still pretty fun. The characters are... Now that I've now that I've seen a whole bunch of other games and games have evolved as a whole, the characters are pretty cheesy, and there's some weird kind of yeah. Some of the characters are just kind of straight up weird, in I, I assume like purposeful ways. Uh, with one of the guys that you meet somewhat early on is a general, or I guess he's like a crown prince in this imperial army kind of thing, and he's meant to be pretty creepy, and they I think did a pretty good job of doing that. He's kind of like really really trying to be all like sly and and hit on your your companion girl uh, and in really weird ways like he just wants to take her with him and make him or sorry make her one of his like housemaids kind of thing and stuff and i'm surprised that like as a kid i, I probably was like oh this dude's weird as a kid but now actually playing through it and understanding a bit more of what's being talked about i'm like oh there was some like weird you know, for for a kid, I'm surprised that I was like, oh, this this is surprising that you know this this game was I guess like somewhat made it, made for kids. I don't think it's even like rated T for teen. It's just you know, it's a strange thing, it's, and it's just little things that you miss when you're a kid. You know, don't don't quite don't pay quite as much attention. Um, but yeah, I've been I played a little bit of that. Got uh, about like an hour and a half into the game, and then tried to figure things out for the podcast and realized all the things that were going on. So here we are back in present day. Now, what I have for you guys and gals is actually a special edition of the Bropinion Report. So let's go straight into that segment two. There we are. Now we're into... The Bropinion Report Special Edition. Originally, like I mentioned, we did a list of games from our childhood. But rather than kind of go through all that again, I figured we'd talk a little bit about Black Friday. And since Cyber Monday has also passed, Cyber Monday. There were some pretty crazy game sales going on. And, you know, I think these are kind of one of the more fun times of the years in terms of just going to check out random things online as well as just like in the stores um and going through and avoiding kind of the the craziness of most like black friday kind of things was nice i was surprised that actually going over to gamestop for black friday this year because um, normally i i never go out for the shopping part i just shop on amazon because it's easier less crowded and don't have to worry quite as much but this year we decided to go and shop just a little bit uh, so we went to places like Target and uh, GameStop, and I think we were going to go to Best Buy, but we heard from 
people in Target that Best Buy was pretty looking pretty crazy. So we ended up just crossing that off the list. But over at GameStop, uh, which is the place that Michael and I first went to, we were pretty like pleasantly surprised that there wasn't a huge amount of people in there. And I think what helps is that we went on Thursday night, so Thanksgiving night. Now the shops are starting to open, you know, earlier and earlier. So it's I think I think if I remember right, GameStop opened up at 3 p.m. on Thursday. So it was you know good good so that workers could have the the early day to spend time with family and everything and maybe do like a thanksgiving lunch kind of thing and then afterwards go in and and open up the the stores so that people can get some shopping out of the way before you know the craziness that usually is black friday so the nice part of that is that yeah there there was several people in the store um in terms of like customers but I wouldn't say that there was a crazy huge amount of people. Like there wasn't a insane line to actually go through and purchase things. I did end up getting one thing from GameStop this year. I was looking to get a little bit more and then I was just like, ah, nah, it's okay. Um, one of the things that I was looking for, they were out of. Um, but I ended up just picking up the latest Call of Duty game, Modern Warfare. Um, I'm kind of excited to, to try it out. I've heard the story is really good. Uh, but also, I found out my uh, brother-in-law plays called, uh, the new Modern Warfare game and recently added him over on the PS4 network. So I'm going to probably jump into that, play a few multiplayer games, and then sometime when he's on, maybe we'll join up and have a few like matches or something. But yeah, seems like a, a lot of fun, though. I'm excited and looking forward to that. Uh, found out as well that the one of the games I was looking for... Um, uh, called Catherine Full Body. That one was going to be on sale, and I forgot that it was going to be on sale until I saw the um, what do they call that? Like the store ad that they had when you they were kind of handing these out as you walked in the store. Uh, I looked through it briefly, and then let Michael kind of look through the rest of it. When I got to the counter, there was one up there, and I just kind of you know casually flipped it open to one of the pages and f- saw that I had forgotten that that specific game was on sale. Uh, but when I asked the the person that was helping me cash out and everything, they said that that one had been sold out. So I was like, ah, dang, now I can't get it. So I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll just kind of take it as a sign. I don't need to to get it right now, and I'll just I'll just wait for a while. I got I got a lot of things to play, so it's probably okay. Um, but then when we went over to Target, uh, realized that Target actually had the same deal going on, and they had one copy left. So I was like, well. You know, it's it's the one it's the one that was waiting for me, so I just went and grabbed it. I uh, got that one there, and was going to get a game called Days Gone, uh, where you it actually takes place in Bend, Oregon, and was modeled basically after that that area in Oregon. So the the game looks very interesting. Um, we maybe we might have talked about it a long time ago on the podcast because it came out earlier this year, I believe in like April or May or something like that. But uh, that game, you are a kind of kind of in a post-apocalyptic world. You ride around on a motorcycle, and part of the game is you know keeping your your motorcycle tuned and working and everything like that, making sure it has gas and whatnot. And you were part of a biker gang that has like long since dissolved, if I understand correctly. Um, but the world is also filled with these monsters called uh, freakers, I believe, and it's kind of like if you think of zombies but 
running like very fast and usually in like hordes so kind of part of the thrill of the game is trying to make your way through these areas infested with these these uh, freaker hordes as well as you know trying to figure out ways to get around them or pass by them without being noticed and whatnot and then there's also the because it's post-apocalyptic there's areas where you know there's there's just overall bad people and you have to do missions there get through places and sometimes take down forts and things like that so it looks like a fun game i didn't end up picking it up because i decided to just wait on it but yeah i'm gonna gonna wait and see if i can eventually pick something like that up um otherwise i got some things from gamestop online because they actually had some pretty pretty good sales going on um, especially when Cyber Monday hit. So they had a lot of, like, especially in terms of, like, older games, I'm still looking to pick up some of these, like, older, like, quote-unquote retro games that they now call them. Uh, basically things for, like, the Game Boy Advance and Game Boy Color and stuff like that. Um, so I ended up picking up some things there. And because they were doing, like, buy two, get one free, or buy one, get one free, I ended up picking up... Um, a decent amount actually so i'm going to be expecting to see those in the next like several days i ended up getting a old game but for a newer handheld uh, i got pokemon omega ruby originally it was just pokemon ruby and sapphire and got that one for the 3ds because the i still have the game boy advance version of the pokemon ruby game but whenever I started up, because the old Nintendo games had those batteries within them that, you know, were linked to some kind of, like, timekeeping function within the game, the when I boot it up now, because the battery has long since died, um, it tells me that, like, it tells me just straight out that the battery is dead, and so time functions within the game won't work as, as normally intended. So it's a bit of a bummer to hear that, but I'm assuming that with the newer, you know, the newer cartridges for like the Nintendo 3DS and the DS, those same type of like problems with the batteries aren't going to be an issue anymore. I don't even think they put the batteries in the game anymore. I think they can just actually, you know, just just figure things out with the the cartridge itself. But also I don't know how tech works very well for these things, so I could totally be off base about that. <laughs> Uh, so I ended up getting that. I got a game that I've never played before called Pokemon Moon, and that was, I believe, one of that's the most recent um, generation of Pokemon before Pokemon Sword and Shield. Um, this one, actually, if I remember right, is supposed to be modeled after uh, they kind of model different regions after different places. So, like uh, Sword and Shield are supposed to be modeled after England, roughly, which kind of they show in characters like speech patterns, like they'll they'll call each other mate and say things that that sound like they'd be said in in Great Britain. But um, in Pokemon Moon and, and Sun, which is its counterpart, those ones are supposed to be modeled after uh, Hawaii, basically. So they they call it the Alola region, I believe. Kind of, I think it's supposed to sound like Aloha region. Um, but yeah, it's supposed to be similar to Hawaii. And so I'm interested in trying this out and kind of seeing what the gym battle system was like, because I believe they didn't even call them, um, gym leaders. I think they called them like kahunas or something like that, which if you're familiar with these type of words and stuff, there's, you know, they're Hawaiian terms basically. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that turns out. Also picked up, uh, Fire Emblem Echoes, Shadows of, Val of Valencia, which is a Nintendo 3DS game. 
I've been trying to pick up a bunch of Fire Emblem games because I'm going to go through them slowly. I I think now that I have really thought about it, I was surprised that I've only ever played um, Fire Emblem on the Game Boy Advance and then now Fire Emblem Three Houses because I really enjoyed the Fire Emblem games, um, at least from the ones that I've played. So I'm going to slowly try and get more into these different ones, but I have to actually pick them up first. So, And I think the time to pick these things up would be during sales like this as well as you know as sooner rather than later because the later it gets the more um you know quote-unquote retro these things become and the more expensive they become i also picked up golden sun for the game boy advance because i need to have it so that i can bring it with me i do have the game available on the wii u now but it's kind of a it's a bummer having to sit and play this on like a console at home. I'd prefer to just be able to carry it with me anywhere. So picked that up so I'd have it. Picked up Mega Man Battle Network 2, which is also a Game Boy Advance game. Um, then I picked up a couple surprising things. Picked up uh, GoldenEye 007 for the N64. And I believe I, I picked that one up because it was going to count as a, you know, buy two, get one free kind of thing. And thinking about like current trends that I've been in in terms of wanting to get all these retro consoles and um, not, not, not necessarily consoles, but retro items like retro games and things like that. I've been in the mood for kind of getting the library back that I used to have um, because I used to just kind of trade things into GameStop and get store credit so that I could get the next game that I wanted. Which, you know, when you're younger, it's kind of something you have to do. But now as I've gotten older, I'm just like, oh, it's kind of a bummer that I don't have these things anymore. And so I'm trying to rebuild that collection so that I'll have it for, you know, nostalgia purposes, basically. And if I ever want to go back and play them. Um, so I picked up that for the N64. Also picked up GoldenEye 007 Reloaded, which I didn't know existed before. Uh, I believe it came out after kind of looking things up. It looks like it came out in around 2010 or so. And came out for the PS3, the Xbox 360, and I believe the the Wii, actually. And this was essentially a um, kind of remastering of the GoldenEye game for the N64, except, I believe, to kind of be more, you know, like, current and topical, they changed the modeling of 007 in the game from... Um, originally, it was uh, Pierce Brosnan. And they've updated it, I believe, to the more recent 007, which is uh, Daniel Craig. So you can kind of see his outline, uh, Daniel Craig's outline on the game cover and everything, or the game case cover. But yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how things have kind of changed within the game. It seems like they've tried to keep things relatively similar, but have tweaked things to make it, um, or according to, to their description, tweaked things to make it more of a you know playable in like the current day rather than kind of keeping all the old systems in place. So looking forward to, to trying that out. I'll try it out on the PS3, which is where I got it for. And got uh, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess for the Wii and ended up getting the Wii version because the, was it? I think the Wii version was like 10 bucks, which is a pretty, I'd say it's a pretty good deal. Um, not even on sale. That's just the, the price it was. But there, the other ways you could get it is getting the GameCube version, which was the, you know, a little slightly older, but still the same game as the Wii version. Um, but that version, I believe, was like 50 bucks, and I'm just 
flabbergasted by the the price difference that they have there. Uh, they also have the newer HD remake of, or sorry remaster of the game, and I think even that one was in it like 30s or 35s kind of thing. So I was just like, yeah, you know what? Let's just play. Let's play the game how it was originally made to see how it looks and see you know just how the game was in general. So I ended up getting the the version on the Wii, and I'm gonna look forward to playing that because I have not played a whole lot of stuff on the Wii this year. But now that it's out and it's all hooked up, you know, might as well do it. Also picked up uh, Dragon Warrior Monsters 2, and in the past I played uh, Tara's Adventure, which is the one that I was looking for. Unfortunately, the online store for GameStop didn't say that they had those that one available. But the game, kind of similar to Pokemon, has two SKUs basically. So I ended up getting the um, the I guess I would say I was going to say sister copy, but this like calling it a brother copy I guess makes more sense here because the um, character here is named Kobe um, in the American version at least. Um, so I got Kobe's journey instead. So I'm going to be playing through that, see how that's doing there. I really enjoyed playing this game in the past, and this was actually one of the games that I mentioned on the the list in the what's called the, the lost episode 52 and yeah i remember playing this a lot in the car especially um on the way to my grandparents house in yeah back in back when we lived over in uh california and everything so i i have fond memories of this of this series in general um especially the you know just the idea of going out and catching monsters as opposed to just fighting them like in the previous dragon warrior games or dragon quest as it's called in in called currently and called in like the Japanese older games. Uh, I also picked up Golden Sun The Lost Age. Uh, this one's also for Game Boy Advance. And I've probably mentioned before on the podcast, or maybe it was just in the Lost episode. I don't, I don't quite remember. But um, when in the past I did have uh, both of those Golden Sun games for Game Boy Advance. And as I was bringing things with me over to Oregon, I was kind of looking through things and... Not this most recent trip, but a previous trip uh, a few years ago. And looking through my stuff, I ended up bringing Golden Sun and Golden Sun The Lost Age with me. And I think more recently I had tried to play them. And the Game Boy was giving me an error telling me that, you know, like, it's not, not telling me specifically, but it's acting as if the, you know, there's something wrong with the game. And so I tried to, you know, take it out, blow on it, put it back in, which was, you know, what we used to do back in the day. And that would pretty much always work back then because of you know just dust getting in the way interferes with with the game trying to load and everything but still wasn't still wasn't working and so when I actually took it out and looked at it with a flashlight saw that there was quite a decent amount of just it looked just like corrosion basically on where the uh, the game card would have, would have been read by the system so that was a real bummer just kind of seeing that had happened to these games that I loved so much so I ended up having to just, you know, do the make the hard choice and just throw it away because there's nothing I could do with it. I don't think I don't think even saving it at this point could have been a possibility in terms of, you know, bringing it in to attempt to get them like fixed and everything. I think once the corrosion had set in, it likely wasn't going to be changed there. And I think I might have tried to like rub stuff off and it still wasn't working when I tried like a Q-tip or something. But yeah, it was unfortunate. It was sad, but now I'll have the games again, so I can play those. And the thing that we all did in the past, like blowing on the cartridges and stuff, now we know not to do because you know, obviously, your your breath is going to have moisture, and then over time, that moisture will slowly like degrade the the cards and whatnot. 
So, note to self, no more blowing on these games. Then I got uh, Lunar Legend, which is a, another Game Boy Advance game from the past. This was one that I had actually beaten before, and um, in the last episode we talked about how I have the uh, PS Vita version, or I guess uh, it's on the PS Vita, it's a PSP version, I believe, and that one was slightly um, remastered as well because there was some added content and slightly changed, um, like a slightly changed battle system within the game. But I remember this game very fondly, and so I wanted to also have just the original version that I had played previously. I uh, picked up a game, or a couple games that I'd never played before called uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Echoes of Time, and this one's for the Wii, and then Tokiden Kiwami for the PS Vita. Now, I've always heard good, thing about, good things about the Crystal Chronicles games, which is why I was interested in this one. And then um, Tokiden is basically like a almost like a kind of a monster hunter kind of game where you you choose a character, choose your weapons and things and then you fight against these really large um, in, in this game they're 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 basically monsters but they're uh, called oni, which is uh, Japanese for like demons. And you're basically fighting these huge things and then I would assume progressing the, the whatever story is going on in there. But yeah, I was I needed to pick up one more thing because it was a buy one get one free, so I ended up just getting that one as well. And the last set, and you guys are like, wow, you went on like a buying spree. And I was like, eh, yeah, I, I kind of did. But when the deals are this good, you got to jump in, you know. Um, the last one I got over here, or last uh, set on this email that I have, uh, I picked up Mega Man Battle Network 3. I uh, had to get the white version because the blue version, you know, just wasn't going to work out for this one, unfortunately. Um, but this, the white and blue you know, it's kind of similar to, to Pokemon again, just kind of sister-brother versions, basically. Got the uh, Mega Man Battle Network 4, Red Sun, and I think the other one was Blue Moon, but that one was unavailable. Got Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Uh, this is a game that I've always heard good things about, and just the Game Boy Advance version of it, so I'm looking forward to trying that out as well. Got a game called The Last Story for the Nintendo Wii, and I've never actually played this game before, nor have I have I heard of it before. I, admittedly, I've I have never been like huge into like the the Wii category or uh, sorry Wii library basically, so I'm I'm likely to find a lot of things that I've never heard before, and were probably just great games that I missed. So this one seems like it's got an interesting story with it, and the I think it was the uh, artist that, or I should say, like composers that made the music is what kind of drew me in because it looks like he also um, I think it was the uh, Nobuo-san. He also made the what's it called uh, soundtracks for a lot of the Final Fantasy games as well. So I'm interested in in seeing what this game's all about. And then because of the buy one, get one free kind of thing with the the Wii games, I ended up getting uh, The Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker HD. And this one's uh, for the Wii U. So that's kind of rounding out the the crazy sales that were going on this year. And, you know, usually I'm not a super fan of Cyber Monday because I find that there's not a whole lot of things that, you know, are, are usually like worth it for the sales and whatnot. But the online sales that they had for the, especially, and obviously it's pre-owned games. Their GameStop wants you to buy the pre-owned stuff because that's where they make the most of their money. But uh, the deals that they had going on there were were actually pretty decent, and so I was pleasantly surprised, especially when it's all these retro games and things that I'm trying to collect slowly. But now that we have all that out of the way, let's have a small moment to you know 
kind of just just go through and i know we just talked about a bunch of games but we got some more games to talk about because this is the entire list of upcoming games on the playstation network as listed by justin massingill brought to you by the bros and consoles co-hosts each and every weekend Man, I had to do a different jingle because I think I used my jingle that I normally do for the first part. So that's throwing me off a little bit. This week we had uh, 23 games on the list, so it's a uh, it's a bit of a doozy. Now, will all these games be good? Who knows? Probably not. That's that's un- very unlikely. I think the the week that we finally have like 20 something games on the list that are all bangers is gonna be you know. It's 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 end times basically <laughs> because that that's just ridiculous and we can't play all these games. Uh, so it's it's fine to have some games that maybe aren't going to be so great because some people will enjoy them and then we'll be free to go and play the games that we want and be able to pick and choose rather than having to feel like we need to play everything. You know, don't ever feel like you have to play everything, people. I'm mostly just telling this to myself <laughs> because I probably won't listen to my own advice. <laughs> Now, the first one this week is called Ancestors, the Humankind Odyssey. This is coming out on the 6th, so it looks like a Friday release. Explore Africa 10 million years ago as you expand your clan and evolve to the next generation in Ancestors, the Humankind Odyssey, a new third-person open-world survival game from the creator of Assassin's Creed. Now, we talked about this a little bit when Michael and I recorded a few days ago. I didn't know that this game was by the creator of Assassin's Creed. Because that's a pretty popular series now, and I, I enjoyed a bunch of those games. But the game itself, uh, from what I know so far, you play as kind of these uh, primates that walk on on two legs and stuff. So it's it's supposed to be the you know quote unquote ancestors to humans basically, and you're playing in this you know prehistoric, like very very like far in the past world where there are creatures that are way scarier than you and you're trying to survive as long as you can and i believe if i remember right you play as a character and then if you get like eaten or killed or something like that you progress in time through i guess like through your your family and stuff um, or someone else within your clan and then you take on the role of another character and you continue the game from there so it's kind of a a game of figuring out what the world is around you as well as kind of what you need to avoid what you need to do in order to survive you got to go and like forage for food while avoiding predators and catching your own prey and things like that i think you can it doesn't really tell you a bunch uh, about the game as i've as i've heard people talk about so you and the game doesn't hold your hand basically but it expects you to kind of go and figure out how to use tools in your environment kind of like how people would have had to in the past i would assume too um so if you find like a stick and like maybe a stone or something you have to figure out how to use those things together to maybe you know if you like kind of kind of like it makes sense if you were to use the the sharp stone to whittle away at the stick you can make a sharp spear basically kind of thing but yeah, there's all kinds of things you have to slowly figure out on your own in this game. And I don't know if I'm excited for it, per se. Um, I think it's, it sounds interesting, definitely. But we'll have, to, we'll have to see how it's kind of, you know, reviewed and everything once it gets put out there. I'm not sure if there's any, like, embargoes currently for people that have played it and can't really give, like, details about, like, their, their thoughts and impressions. But hopefully we'll be able to find out sooner about that than later. 
Then we have Arise, a simple story coming out uh, today, actually, Tuesday. Set out on an emotional journey through the bittersweet lives of two people where memories come alive and time bends to your will. Lose yourself in moments of happiness and overcome every hardship as you relive your life story. A story of joy and sorrow. A simple story. Now, this game um, was shown off at the, I believe it's the most recent uh, PlayStation or Sony State of Play. And this game actually looks really interesting. The, your main character that you're playing as, a hefty dude, he's on the older side, he's got a big white beard and mustache and a lot of white hair. But um, it, from judging from the trailer, your character seems like he has recently passed away and they're kind of, you know, um, doing... I believe it's like a, a warrior's burial kind of thing where they put the put the body on like a, a pyre and, and light it on fire. And it seems like your character then wakes up, um, assumedly, in the afterlife. And he's kind of on his way in this journey to... Um, it, it appears like he's, he's going to like try and be reunited like with his uh, wife or something like that. But yeah, the story looks interesting. It looks very simple, um, but simple in a good way, so... And obviously, simple's in the, st- in the title, so that's that's all all good and fine, you know. Then we have a game called Big Pharma coming out on the PS4 on the 5th, so this Thursday. Big Pharma is part business sim, part logistics puzzle. It's one thing to work in the lab perfecting new formulas, but converting the sciencey stuff into cold, hard cash means bringing an engineering and business mind to the problem. Factory space is expensive, and those fancy new agglomators and centrifuges don't always slot together nicely. Ah, I did the same thing. I said, I read it the words backwards. They don't always slot nicely together. It sounds like a weird sentence that way. But, yeah, that's, that's a game that's coming out that I didn't know existed before, and now we do. And then we have Blair Witch coming out today on Tuesday. Inspired by the cinematic lore of Blair Witch, experience a new story-driven psychological horror game that studies your reactions to fear and stress. With just your loyal dog Bullet by your side, navigate your way through a cursed forest that warps and distorts both time and space. Stand against the horrors of the Blair Witch and the decaying sanity of a man burdened by his past. This one, actually, I'm, I'm interested in. I need to go and start it up on the Xbox because it's in Game Pass, which is a service that I have, um, and probably a lot of people have by this point who own Xboxes. Um, it's just such a good bang for your buck, you know. But, yeah, I need to try it on there to see how I like it because this this game looked good when the trailer was first shown at, I believe, like an inside Xbox conference or something like that. Um, I might be wrong there. I might correct myself later. But, um, yeah, in terms of the game itself, it looks interesting. It looks like a scary game. I'm curious to know or to figure out how they study your reactions to, like, fear and stress, like they mentioned in there. I'm not sure if that's, you know, like, an actual thing that they do within the game or if it's just, you know, for, like, marketing purposes, they're just talking about that. So that should be interesting to find out. Then we have Classic Snake Adventures coming out on Friday for PS4. A 4K reboot of this classic retro game, Snake, introduced in 1997. Oh, sorry, of the classic retro game. Remade with gorgeous hand-drawn 2D art and a 3D snake which can bend and change this and change size and speed during gameplay. A state-of-the-art game with the retro beloved gameplay of Snake 97. I had no idea that they were going to be making a Snake reboot kind of thing, which is very interesting. I'll have to take a look at the trailer once this thing drops so that I can 
yeah, actually figure out if it's if it's going to be any good or not. I mean, because Snake is a fun game from the past, but just does anyone want a 4K reboot of it? I don't know. Then we have Cuisine Royale coming out today on the PS4. Cuisine, oh, sorry, Cuisine Royale is a brutal multiplayer last man standing shooter with realistic weaponry, mystic traps, and demonic rituals. Draw bloody mystic seals or conduct ancient rituals to heal allies, slow down enemies, set numerous traps, summon zombies, and more. Now, this is another um, game that has been added to the battle royale genre, basically. A bunch of people drop on the map, and then last man standing is the winner kind of thing. I'm not sure how many more um, games this genre can can handle um, with like the the main like giants that are already out there. I don't know how any more of these games can like be made and still survive. But yeah, maybe maybe it'll kind of find a little niche of of people playing it. But the last one that I remember coming out um, called The Culling Two, that one performed very poorly and I think closed down in like the span of like three weeks or so the i think it was just the the fact that not enough people were playing the game itself meant that the the game devs just essentially had to shut the servers down because they weren't going to be able to keep them active you know servers cost money to to stay up and they couldn't support them so they i think they they shut the game down refunded the the money to the people who had bought the game and it was just like a just a sad time you know but that's kind of what happens. Like people, people see these, you know, these these booms in like certain game genres, and they're just like, oh, I gotta jump in and do that too because it's gonna it's gonna be so popular when we make it. But if there are a few out there that are insanely popular already, then there's not much reason to kind of branch out and try these new ones, unless the new ones are doing something you know entirely different that has never been seen before. So it's a it's a tough thing to to do. So hopefully they'll be able to do something with it. Then we have Earth Knight on PS4 coming out today on Tuesday. Earth Knight is an illustrated, procedurally generated platformer that takes place in a dystopian future just after the dragon apocalypse. Sydney and Stanley have, have had enough. They've decided to skydive back down to Earth. Wait, what? They've decided to skydive back down to the planet, taking out as many dragons as they can. Jump and dash your way across the backs of dragons on your way down to Earth in classic 2D side-scrolling action. This game looks very trippy. The art style is a little bit disturbing for me. It's it's kind of like, I don't know. It's like a little too like quasi like um it's like uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's a little it's not like it's more realistic, but it's I don't know, more detailed in a somewhat disturbing way, I guess. It's kind of just like you you look at some things art-wise and you're like, "Oh, that art looks very nice." You know, it's like pleasing to the eye. It's like aesthetic. That's, 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 that's the phrase I'm looking for. It's aesthetically pleasing to the eye. But then you look at some other things and you're just like, oh, like it's kind of it's kind of off-putting in a weird way and it makes it seem like a little bit darker. Um, but that's kind of the vibe I get from this game. So maybe it'll be it'll be fun though. So we'll have to wait and see. I think Michael was interested in this one, so he might end up playing that and kind of report back to you guys on it. Then we have Fight and Rage coming to PS4 today. Set in a far future where humans are enslaved by mutants, Fight and Rage is a side-scroller beat-em-up inspired by the classics from the 90s arcade games. Oh, sorry, 90s arcade gems. In a world where the law of the jungle prevails, two humans and a mutant rebel are willing to fight in order to stop this madness. 
And this is a game that that came out on the Switch earlier in the year, and I think Michael was excited for. I don't think he's played it yet, but it does look like a cool game. So now it's on the PS4. Maybe we'll have twice the amount of people playing it, you know? Hatsune Miku VR comes out on Friday to PSVR. World-famous virtual singer Hatsune Miku invites you to her VR music game. Aim for the perfect score as she sings and dances to some of her most iconic songs. Choose a song and catch the melody symbols as they fly from the speakers. You can also turn the symbols off and just enjoy watching Miku sing and dance. Now, it might be surprising to some people, but I am a Hatsune Miku fan. And because the, the so for people who are unaware, um, she is a what they call a vocaloid singer in Japan. And vocaloids are not real people that are doing the singing. It's basically kind of computer programs that have been, you know, pieced together for like melodies and stuff. And essentially these songs are made by people using, you know, this this generated voice of uh, Hatsune Miku. And there's there's a bunch of other um vocaloids as well that are pretty popular but um i think she's the most popular i'd probably say and yeah i I like her i like her music though if you're kind of into that more like electronic slash like uh techno-y like synthesized voice kind of sound this is it's pretty interesting and a lot of it's in in japanese obviously as well but i'm not yeah i'm trying to think i can't actually think of any songs that she's singing in english so it's probably all in japanese (laughs) but i like japanese music so it's a win-win then we have hero land coming out today you're invited to a magical theme park where anyone can be a hero except for you you just work there conjured from your 16-bit dreams by the legends of japanese rpgs this whimsical tale of princes and part-timers guarantees excitement that cannot be forgotten now, I've never heard of this game before, but it sounds interesting. I want to I wanna know more about it. I'll have to find out. It's out now, so maybe I'll go check it out soon after this podcast is done recording. Immortal Planet comes out on Friday. Immortal Planet is an action RPG with challenging combat that rewards patience and punishes recklessness. Explore the, cr- the crumbling remains of a society of immortals trapped in, an, in endless cycles of rebirth. Fight your way to discover the planet's mystery and escape its curse. Now, this game looks pretty good. It's an um, isometric kind of top-down approach, and your character, you know, you move around. It's like action. Um, I wouldn't even, yeah, not not platforming. I was going to say action platformer. But, no, it's an action game, hack and slash kind of thing. So you run around in these dungeons. And I'm interested in the the lore of it, where it sounds like the entire society is, is made up of immortal beings. And so the people that you, that you fight or the, the monsters or, or, bad guys and stuff basically are immortals that have um just because of what's it called because of the fact that they're living forever they've essentially gone mad and lost their minds so you end up fighting against them and you're trying to what's called you're kind of trying to like free the the system that has kind of been going on forever basically so it sounds interesting then we have jigsaw solace coming out today jigsaw puzzle game for the whole family Welcome to Jigsaw Solace, a calming and relaxing puzzle experience with six different themes to choose from, four different difficulty size to adjust any time while playing, and 30 high-quality puzzle images. Now, sometimes I go and correct myself as I say things, but if I don't go and correct weird sentence patterns here, it's because they're literally written like that. <laughs> so, little little strange, strange choices of wordings here and stuff, but yeah, there's a puzzle game coming out today. Yeah, it is today. I had to make sure real quick. 
Then we have Saga Scarlet Grace Ambitions coming out today as well. With the fate of the world uncertain, follow the journey of Urpina, Taria, Balmont, and Leonard as they call on their might and set out to carve a new future. Take charge and shape your own adventure with ultimate freedom of choice. Now, the Saga series, I believe, is a pretty popular series, or at least it's it's been going on for a while. Um, but yeah, I haven't heard anything about this game. I haven't heard people talking about it. Maybe I'm not listening to the right circles of, uh, you know, gaming media and stuff like that, but I'll wait in here to see if that one's in any, any good and maybe worth checking out. Then we have Simulacra coming out today as well. Simulacra is an interactive FMV horror game about exploring a missing woman's phone from the creators of Sarah is Missing. Recover lost files, piece back corrupted data, and retrace her final steps. Find her before it's too late. So I like the premise of this of this game. Um, similar kind of to so the game that they read, they mentioned Sarah is Missing. Um, that game was a I believe it was, it was a phone game that you could play. And the idea is that it's a game you play on your phone and it's as if you have just picked up someone else's phone and you're trying to figure out what happened to this person um, because it kind of seems like it gets a little bit, you know, a little bit dark. Like you're trying to figure out who this person is, how you can unlock. So like part of the game, if I remember correctly from from hearing people talk about it, was like figuring out how to actually unlock the phone because you started up and then now you have to, you know figure out like oh they have a password like what would their password be and then you use like clues within the game to kind of progress through and everything but um, this one sounds interesting as well just because you know now that you're you're trying to piece together clues because it seems like something has happened to this this person who has gone missing basically so seems quite interesting and it looks like um, if I was looking at the correct thing on the Nintendo switch because it's coming out there as well you also see what look like you know like fmv movies or actually yeah that that's that's in the description i just read you see like the um like real real people within these movies so that you can i don't know feel feel like it's more of a actual like real phone and whatnot so i guess it's like things they've been recording or like pictures and stuff like that so it should kind of increase the i would assume increase the tension a little bit and make things feel like they're a bit more real rather than just you know looking at polygons and pixels of characters you know then we have ski jumping pro vr coming to psvr on friday ski jumping pro vr delivers the sheer thrills of hurtling down a snow-packed ski ramp like no other game and that's a true fact because i've never heard of a game like this enjoy the sensation of incomparable height and speed the ultra realistic vr experience and a full single player career mode make ski jumping pro the ultimate winter sports simulation now I don't, I'm definitely not ever going to check this out, probably. But I'd be curious to know if this game, like how this game feels as you play it, because VR VR can feel fairly real at times when you're when you're in it and you're really just kind of paying attention to it. Obviously, you're not going to get like the cold wind on your face and stuff like that. But the idea of you know, it's it's always looked cool to go down one of those um, what's called those ski ramps that they have in the Winter Olympics. So it'd be interesting to see how this game kind of like feels to your body and stuff. But also because of the, you know, like jump going up in the air and then going back down and like when you would feel like you need to hit the ground and stuff, then maybe you get that sensation of your body like continuing down even though 
you shouldn't be kind of thing. So that might that might be tough for people who are, you know, like uh, motion sick and stuff with these things. But we'll see. We'll see. Then we have Space Blaze coming out on Thursday. Space Blaze taps into that old school sideways scrolling shoot 'em up by leading you through seven challenging levels filled with action. There are three different weapon systems with a single mega weapon for each, and don't forget that classic 80s games feature, a giant boss to shoot it out with at the end of each level. Man, that's one of the most basic descriptions I think I've ever read for a video game here. Pretty bad, pretty bad. Then we have Stardust Odyssey coming to PSVR on, on, actually today, yeah, sorry, Tuesday. The evil of the abyss is back, and it's up to you to stop the threat. Steer alone or with a friend through 14 colorful levels filled with treasures and secrets. Explore the forgotten lands of Stardust Odyssey and thwart the traps set by the guardians using powerful spells. Combine their effects to overcome gigantic bosses with fearsome capabilities. Now this, I told Michael um, when we recorded a couple days ago that this reminds me of a game that came out on the PS3 called Wonderbook Book of Spells. And that one was a, a PS3 move game. And in that game, if I remember correctly, like hearing about it and stuff, you can combine spell effects together. So like you would create to, you know, to do like even crazier things with the the game and whatnot. So like you could create like a wall of fire and then pass a, do like a, a tornado spell. And as the tornado passes through that wall, it lights up and becomes like a flaming tornado now. So that kind of sounds like what they're going for within this, this new game, Stardust Odyssey. So might be, might be interesting to check out. Then we have Star Ocean First Departure R coming out on Thursday. Space date 346. Our tale begins on the primitive planet of Roak, where Roddick lives in the peaceful and uneventful town of Kratos. Oh, man. I know I mentioned a Michael when we did this previously, but I'm just like, oh, there's so many names here, and it's just, yeah. It's kind of, when they're throwing all these names at, at you at once, you're kind of like, oh, this is a bit of a mess. How am I ever going to remember all these things? Um, a member of the village, village's local defense force learns of a mysterious disease in the neighboring town. Those infected turn to stone, but continue to live on in a petrified state. Thus, the story of Star Ocean begins. Actually, I'm curious, is this like the very first Star Ocean game? Because if it is, maybe I'll try it out. Um, also, though, the game looks very good. The, it's, uh, I believe it's like pixel art kind of thing and stuff. And if you guys have heard me talk about pixel art before you know that I enjoy a good pixel art game. So this one this one looks promising, at least, I'll say. Then we have Tools Up coming on Tuesday, today. Tools Up is an exciting party co-op letting you test your renovation and teamwork skills, paint walls, tear off wallpaper, and move couches against the clock. Home renovation has never been so much fun. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I can't, I can't believe that they made this game. I don't even know what's going on anymore. Tracks is coming out, uh, actually it came out yesterday, Monday, for a PS4. Build fast, fun, and challenging tracks with the Track Builder, and mix it up with your own track designs. Choose pieces of track, and assemble new and exciting circuits, or pick one from the 12 included pre-built world race tracks. Play against your friends, or play against the computer. Choose from four classic cars, then customize your ride. Also, Tracks, Tracks, Tracks. So many uses of the word tracks in that game. Um, and the game itself is not called tracks as it's spelled out normally. It's T-R-A-X. But then they, you know, of course, use the word tracks, like the regular word, like a million times within the description. Then we have 
Where the Water Tastes Like Wine, and that came out yesterday, Monday as well. Where the Water Tastes Like Wine is a narrative adventure game about traveling, sharing stories, and surviving manifest destiny. Featuring gorgeous hand-drawn illustrations, Where the Water Tastes Like Wine combines 2D visuals with a 3D overworld US map. Not the most exciting description there, but Michael was excited about this game, and I've heard people are excited about this game. Um, I think Michael is excited because it's like a mixture of history as well as, um, what was it, uh, he said history, what did he say, history and the United States? I don't think that's what he said, <laughs> but he, he was excited for a game that's like history and like story based, I believe. So yeah, I think Michael might be checking this out and we'll look for a update from him, maybe. Then we have winter sports games coming out on Thursday win tournaments and master challenges in six tense disciplines play by yourself or with up to four players at home no runny nose after every competition whether you enjoy skiing barreling down an ice track in a bobsleigh or sled or calmly sliding across sorry sliding sliding the stones across the ice in curling you can have it all here yeah so they just they just keep making these winter sports games you know then we have wizards of brandle and that's out today for PS4 and PS Vita. Cross by if you get one of the versions. You wake up and notice that your house is gone. Retrieve your life back through a new adventure in fantasy, in a fantasy RPG. The young wizard Darius loses his house after he fails to make a loan repayment and ends up living for free in the house of a wanted sorcerer. Now, this is a strange premise as I've ever heard one. Um, the idea that you could just, you know, Go to sleep and wake up and they took the house from around you is crazy. So their magic must be quite powerful, <laughs> I guess. But yeah, it's another game by, by Chemco. Um, so they have a lot of these games coming out. I'm just surprised they have so many that they're just they're constantly pumping out. I don't know if it's that they have like a really large studio or something that's kind of able to work on all these different titles at once. Because it seems like every few weeks we get a Chemco game, which is crazy. But yeah, it's, it sounds interesting at least though. So it may be worth a check out. And that's all we have from the list this week. Now, in terms of the next part, which is, you know, the weekly Nintendo Switch picks, I believe I only have like one game on here that I was going to mention. And there are other games that are, that are interesting and looking like they're, they're going to be, you know, a lot of fun as well. But um, one that's like very specific on here, just because it's um, what's it called. It's it wasn't mentioned on the PSN drop. I believe we're also getting like a bunch of games that look pretty good. I think we get Wizards of Brandel on the Switch um, this week. I think we get Where the Water Tastes Like Wine. Um, what are some other ones I was looking at? Um, not sure if we get the Star Ocean game on there, but we definitely get. Let me. We definitely get Simulacra, which looks pretty good. I believe we also get Immortal Planet. Um, that was a game that Michael um, was going to mention again because he was looking forward to that um, after kind of reading about it, you know. And I think we're also getting Earth Knight as well. And, yeah, I think that that's pretty much it as far as, like, the, the crossovers and stuff, which I say that, and it's actually a lot of crossovers. But the game in question that I was mentioning before is called Space Pioneer, and that's coming out on Friday the 6th. For a price of uh, $4.99 if you pre-purchase it, so you get 50% off. 
Um, but otherwise, if you get it after the sale is done, it is $9.99. Now, the game itself, uh, let me read a little bit about it. The universe is a dangerous place, and you're on a cleaning duty. Oh, sorry, and you're on cleaning duty. Explore the galaxy as an intergalactic bounty hunter. Lock and load. Discover new planets, chart incredible worlds, and reveal ancient secrets. Explore strange new worlds with your trusty robot sidekick. Make your way across fantastical planets from the icy tundra to the lush jungles brimming with flora and fauna. The endless universe has countless hostile galaxies to conquer. Combined with the dynamic objective system, the gameplay is truly infinite in Space Pioneer. Recover stolen discs, defend probes, repair crashed craft, and complete missions to earn loot and unlock awesome gear and skills. Every time you play, missions will ha- sorry missions have new objectives, enemies, and additional challenges. So this is a um, kind of like top-down twin-stick shooter from the looks of things. Um, you can do co-op with up to four people as you play. And then, like they mentioned, they have kind of like weapons upgrade systems and things. The thing that kind of caught my eye was the trailer was pretty funny. Um, it look, I, I like that you get to choose the character that you want, and they have different kind of abilities and things. But um, your character seems like he's kind of, you know, pretty. he's got that kind of sarcastic humor going for him. And then his robot buddy kind of reminds me of the robot from Borderlands called Claptrap, um, which if you guys know him, you, you know what I'm talking about already. But for people who are unaware, he's got a very like high, like shrill voice, and he's kind of kind of annoying, but in an endearing way, I guess. And um, yeah, he makes lots of jokes and things. And it looks like that's kind of what the role of this robot is as well, is kind of making jokes and being a little bit um, dull in, in regular terms, I guess. <laughs> But yeah, it looks like an interesting little fun game um, and great price point, you know. Uh, the last thing I'll mention on here, uh, because Immortal Planet is also Planet is also coming to the Switch, um, they had a special thing going on there. So pre-purchase, you get 10% off. So uh, that would make it $13.49 down from $15. But also along with that, uh, there's a special thing that I only saw on the Switch, or at least as far as I can tell here. Um, apparently if you own any of these four games on the Switch already, you get, um, an additional 5% off. So your total is 15% off the game when you buy it. Um, the games that they talk about are Die for Valhalla, Steamberg, Thea, The Awakening, and Tetsumo Party. So four different games there. And that's actually a really cool thing to do. I've never seen any of the stores do something like this. I've, I've seen them do, you know, just like these pre-purchase sales for quite a while, which is nice, but throwing in an added bonus for people who have played some of the other games made by like either the developers or the publishers and stuff is a, I think a pretty, pretty smart business idea and also just a pretty nice way to reward, you know, loyal, loyal fans and gamers and stuff who have played a bunch of your things. So very, very nice touches. I'm, I'm very impressed with that. Now... We've talked a little bit about, you know, a bevy of games that are coming out um, this week. But we haven't talked much about, you know, very specific indie games. And we'll go ahead and jump straight into segment four now, the NIC. And I I realize I say this all the time. I say the NIC all the time, and maybe people have, have missed it. If people are unaware, the NIC stands for Nathan's Indie Corner. I think I at one point I was just like, maybe we'll just call it Indie Corner. And then I was just like, ah, yeah, we could, but IC sounds, I don't know, it doesn't doesn't sound quite as like crisp as NIC. I don't, I don't know why. 
The but yeah, the indie corner this week. We have a game called Necro Barista. And this game is being developed by a studio called Route 59. It's going to be coming to PC um, sometime this year is what they're, what they're kind of hopeful for. Originally, it was slated to come out um, in, I believe, sometime in quarter three or by the end of quarter three, which um, ends technically in September. But it seems like there was some difficulties in terms of, you know, just, just getting the game ready and everything. So they had to delay it a bit. Um, I believe part of that reason, if I remember correctly, was that um, the studio was hard at work trying to get, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for, trying to get more translations finished. Uh, I think they're up to, if I remember right, 14 translations now, which is very impressive. Um, they have a bunch of the, the normal ones you'd expect, like they have English, Japanese, um, but then... They've also added in things like Korean and Arabic and Russian and I believe also um, things like uh, Brazilian Portuguese and Dutch. So they've, they've definitely expanded things quite a bit, which, which is really cool. The premise of the game is, yeah, here, I'll just read some to you now. Necrobarista is a cinematic visual novel set in a magical Melbourne cafe where the dead are granted one last night to mingle with the living. Welcome to the Terminal. Inspired equally by anime and film, Necrobarista is a unique take on the visual novel medium. It has stylized, fully 3D cinematic presentation that draws from anime aesthetics, a soundtrack um, written or written slash composed, I assume, by Kevin Penkin, a BAFTA-nominated composer who also helped uh, on the games Florence, Made in Abyss, and Norn 9. You get to delve into the world of the Terminal and Fantasy Melbourne through free-roaming first-person scenes. And they also have Goon Sack Robots, which I have no idea what that means, Alchemical Coffee, and Australian folk hero Ned Kelly. And I, I need to look up who Ned Kelly is now. This is very strange to me. Um, but yeah, as you, kind of, as you kind of gather a little bit, you meet with these different spirits. Um, you are a barista, basically. And... You meet with these different spirits, you make these drinks for them and everything, and then I believe the drinks will probably interact with how, like, dialogue goes and things like that. It can't just be like, oh, you just make this thing and it has no, no play on the story. Um, but it sounds pretty interesting, though. Uh, I believe, yeah, so I mentioned that it's going to be coming to PC. The game, I think, is slated so that it will hopefully be coming out before Christmas. Is there their... They're, that's what they're shooting for, basically. They said that they're they're hard at work to make sure that they hit before Christmas at this point. Um, so I'm not sure entirely how much the game will cost yet because it hasn't been shown. But along with that, after the PC version, they will be porting over to the N Nintendo Switch and the PS4 sometime in 2020. So people who are sad whenever I talk about PC games and want to play things on consoles, you, you got it coming eventually, you know? It's gonna be gonna be eventually here, and we'll eventually playing it in all of its console glory. Now we've kind of come to basically the the end of the show here, and I know this is kind of a shorter episode than people are, are normally used to. Um, obviously, when there's two of us, we we ramble on about all kinds of things related to video games and not related to video games. Um, so just to kind of you know. Not to, not to let the people down who are listening for Sonic Facts. 
all right? And oh, it pains me to, to do this, but here is Sonic's Super Fake Minutes is what I'm gonna call it, because <laughs> I don't have any Sonic's facts, guys. But did you know that Sonic, the that little blue blur, you know, did you know that he was originally going to have just a favorite food of pizza? And let's kind of let's kind of dive more into this here. Originally, as we kind of heard before, when Michael's talked about um, the Sonic Bible, which is an awful name for whatever that thing is. Originally, the diner that they lived near, like Sonic and his family, or or Sonny as he was called in the past. Um, originally, that diner was supposed to be a pizza parlor, and the whole reason that this was, you know. The whole reason that this was in there originally was because along with all the inspiration that the team, you know, drew from the beloved Mario games, um, along with all of those things, one member of the team, uh, Yusuke Nakamoto, was also a fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And we all know that the TMNT love them some pizza. So... Originally, that diner was going to be a pizza joint, but because people on the team found out and were, you know, talking amongst themselves, they're like, I don't know if we can do this, guys. We're already taking a lot of, you know, leeway with inspiration from Mario games. Can we really incorporate, like, TMNT kind of stuff here as well? And obviously, this is all in Japanese. This is not in English. But they're all talking with each other, and they're like, I don't think we can do this. I think I think we should play this a little bit safer. So... Instead of, you know, they're they're having the pizza parlor and everything, they decided to just make it a good old, like, regular diner. They have, like, burgers and things. And, of course, chili dogs. So, it ends up being that instead of Sonic's favorite food being pizza, as it was originally intended, he ends up just, you know, becoming infatuated with chili dogs, especially shown in all the cartoons, you know? So... There you have it, guys and gals. That is Sonic's Super Fake Minute. Coming to you from the Bros and Consoles podcast, where we come to you each and every weekend with all these kinds of different video game news when there is news and new releases. So thanks, everybody, for sticking in there. Sorry it was kind of a surprise solo episode and everything. Um, don't forget, if you have any questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to write in at brosandconsoles at gmail.com. Um, that's our email address. You can also find me on Twitter. Um, I am at Indie Ronin, um, I-N-D-I-E-R-O-N-I-N. And you can find Michael on Instagram. You can tweet, you can, what? not tweet, you can send him pictures of questions if you have them on there. Um, he is at the world of Mike with periods in between each word. And that's all we got for you this week. Hopefully you guys are enjoying these, you know, these random solo episodes. And we look forward to actually having a regular podcast back next week. Hopefully, we'll figure out, hopefully we'll get to the bottom of everything that happened and can somehow salvage this, like, you know, what, what are we calling it? The, the lost episode 52. But until then, stay good, everybody. Play some video games when you have some time. And, you know, have a great rest of your week. We will see you next time. Bro bump. And we're out.